Uh, welcome to uh, Techman Talks Dynamics podcast. I'm joined today by Matt and James, and my name's Liam. Uh, just to set some context, we've just gone into April, which means Business Central has started shipping the Wave 1 release for BC 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and 23. So 23, 23, sorry, yes, I'm a year behind. Uh, BC 23. I know these releases are coming fast, <laughs> but we are in 23. Yeah, um, so they've, uh, they've just started shipping out, and what we were talking about in terms of our subject matter today was if we can have a wish list or a dream list, I think you called it a Dreamcast, which was a, an old Sega console, which you made off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we thought we'd have a, a, a what conversation. What, what would we like them to do next, or what do we think they would do next? So What should they do next? What should they do? Well, that's, even, that's very, very... Uh, <laughs> yeah, what Microsoft should do compared to what they will do is... Uh, you kind of think that once they finish one release, they'll be planning for the next one or the next one after next or... I hope something. so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, so we, we thought we'd come up. We've broken it down into a couple of different areas. So we've talked about the functionality. We said we have a little chat about licensing and just really see where the, the conversation goes. Um, so as the two people that are heavily involved with the, you know, the, the projects that we do, the functionality that they're... What type of things would you like to, to see in the, the future releases of Business Central? Well, I think functionality. I mean, they, they, they've actually, this release we've just had, had probably more functional change in it. Um, I guess we're a little bit biased being in the kind of uh, warehousing distribution yeah. space a lot. Um, but they certainly did more in that and, and you know, more of the same. Um to improve what's there, I, I, I'm not a fan of them building lots more function. You know, starting massive new functional areas. I think there's a lot of scope for them to actually improve what's already there and, and fill some of the missing gaps, um, rather than impinge on the ISV space. You know, because that's the danger if if they go after something big and new, is that some of the ISVs that are already there are already in that space and and and. That for me doesn't do the platform any good. We should use ISVs that probably will be better at it because they're more focused um, and more dedicated to that particular aspect rather than um, ask Microsoft to build a whole new module. So I guess for anybody that, who's listening that isn't maybe as, as technically uh, up to speed, an ISV is a, a third party yeah, that writes some additional yeah. um, app that will, will work with uh, with Business Central to add additional uh, industry specialisations or functionality or improve on something that comes out of the box. Okay, so you're saying Microsoft continue to build and improve what's, what's there, fill yeah. some of those gaps, but in terms of adding a whole new, right, we've added this, 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 if that's already in app source or, or available. I mean, you know, taking that Microsoft has limited resources, I know their, their resources, you know, we always quote the billions of pounds they invest into Dynamics and all the rest of it, but that has to go a, a very long way across mm-hmm. all the Dynamics products and all the rest of it. So there is a limited amount that they can achieve. I think they would be first to acknowledge that. And, you know, um, would I rather they they improved some core bits that are there like they've done in the last couple of versions? Yes, I would. I think there's some fundamental kind of... Um, re-engineering changes that we could do you know that the the application is still very what I call document centric it's still back to the old paper paradigm where you take a sales order and you fill all the details in you know and and the warehouse transactions as well we tend to find that everything's happening much more line by line so um, you know, line by line approvals, um, mm-hmm. line by line updates, so that I can pick one line that 
we can make that we've made that work as an ISV but I think it would be much better if they could work because people are using electronic devices end to end anymore nobody goes back to well very few business central users now go back to the screen with a piece of paper that somebody in the warehouse has written on or somebody in production has written on and so on it people want it real time end to end and there's some thinking about how that works because some of it is a little bit clunky. I think a lot of that's driven from, certainly from the distribution customers that we have, is there's been a, you know, a massive movement into e-commerce and um, you know, a lot more of our customers selling direct or B2B. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's driven more <clears throat> requirements around the warehousing to... And it, and it changes the way that you physically do things. That you know, If you've got an order for two products and you've got a huge warehouse, you don't want to go and walk all the way out, pick those two items, come back and pack it, and then go out again. You, know, you, you want to be able to go and pick a whole set of orders and, and things like tote picking, where I'm picking it into, you know, into containers, but I want to go back and I want to pack those products as a separate process. You know, BC doesn't really support that, yeah. doing a separate pack process. Um, yeah, there are some ISVs out there that, that can fill some of those gaps, but I think it's quite fundamental to the way BC is structured. And the, the other side of that is then loading onto to a vehicle. So those elements, I think, will be good to get into BC because I, I do think from a distribution side, we're, we're seeing a lot more way of working that is more aligned to a, it is wider than an e-commerce supplier. If you think about timesheets... You know, the timesheet entry is pretty prehistoric in terms of... And it's really designed, you come with your records of what time you've spent and fill it in. It's not like, right, I'm working on this now. Um, You know, stop, 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 or even I've spent 10 minutes on this and I just, you know, uh, allocate against the jobs I've spent time on. So, you know, in the professional services sector, I think the vertical, you know, the, the, the people who's... Um, provide for that vertical I've had to do a fairly major en- engineering exercise mm. to b- build that capability so I think that there's there's aspects of what as I say of what they've got that they need to go and you know and some of the um, some of the front to back again you know we uh, some of the inquiries the way that you find information across it so um, you know, when we were preparing for this, you you said availability and and kind of understanding. Okay, something changes on a purchase order. What yeah. sales orders? Yeah. You know, through what production orders does it affect? Uh, Dif- difficult one for the user to answer. Yeah, lots of different clicks, lots of yeah. different lookups, lots yeah. of different filters that potentially searches that they've got to do. Mm. It's not um, right. This has changed. What's the con? What's the, the kind of consequence of that? Um, which you know all comes down in that area to reservation entries, doesn't it? And and yeah. wow, who who wants to go near those? So you know that's that's a dangerous them. place to tread. Use them, but just don't change it because it's it's it, it, well, maybe we would like it changed, but it, yeah, it's a complex area of functionality from a development perspective to go changing. Um, you know, many versions ago we used to get issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It's for quite a few years now, it's, that's been pretty settled, I think. But I think it's settled and it's just been left kind of don't to one it. side. Don't touch it, yeah. Don't, don't touch that. Um, and in terms of usability, it, it's it's still a bit clunky to use as well. Um, so, 
you know, I think the concept of it is great, and a lot of customers love the fact of what it does and allows me to say, yes, I'm having that stock. But then the the reality hits in, and and it gets a bit harder to. to but use. there's no midway. You no. know, it, it, you you've either reservations are on or off, mm. and you've either got to do it pretty completely, or you've got to not do it at all. Um, a kind of soft allocation is often a, a requirement, isn't it? Where can I see where, um, you know, wh- where this inventory is potentially going to go? And I've got two when- production orders for the same thing, all requ- requiring the same components, but I haven't got enough to make both of them. Which one can I make? You don't know. You know, you, there's an availability report, and they'll both say you can make it because they look at it independently, which is just useless for most people so when you when you said though you look that'd be great if they could do something with that uh, is that if that, that must be incredibly difficult for them or microsoft and call them them but microsoft <laughs> do a great job on the product generally but to to go and almost rattle something or prod a, a wasp's nest or whatever you want, whatever you want to do it is, but the, we, we you know from from a pre-sales perspective when i'm speaking to prospects and if if we're in a competitive situation you know having that ability that a purchase order is going to be late and it tells you which sales orders i need to go and yeah, other products have that. Yeah, well, it's, it's that kind of alerting. It's turning business central into into something that's proactive mm-hmm. rather than reactive. At the moment, you know, you come to your role centre and you the best you've got is a few queues with hopefully a few numbers on. But even that scenario wouldn't be covered no. under that. And so, people are spending a lot of time going and checking different lists, checking different, yeah, and, and analyse views might help to kind of dissect that information and show a number but primarily it would be great if it could come up with this is the last list of things that need to change and what you need to actually go and organize um, differently if that's what copilot could deliver that now that would be you know game a game change but that's uh, that you know there's no extrapolation that's fact isn't it it's factual that this has changed and this was dependent on it Mm -hmm. so you don't need to you know, that for me, that's not an AI area. That's a the data is there. It's just not in a very digestible form at the moment. Okay, so there's a couple we've started with there. You've, you've mentioned reservations. You've talked about improvements in the warehouse. Talked about total picking and so on and so forth. What's what's what we third yeah, or fourth? Um, from the last? So I think I think there's a lot of changes. We could sit here and, and spend the whole podcast on on functionality. You know, order processing. I think has, is is something that's. There's an awful lot, and and you know if they went to AppSource and had a look, um, <laughs> the, use, but that brings you to you know where is the dividing line between my, what Microsoft do and what um, the ISVs, ISVs do, yeah, do. Yeah. and and they've got to be careful because for me Business Central is increasingly it. I think its success is that it's a great ISV platform. How many customers buy it without something on the top of it? And if you looked at the user counts, you know, we get told that Business Central's user count is continually climbing. The partners I talk to, who the bigger numbers, you know, there's, there's a lot of smaller, low user count deals that are sold that are perhaps more generic, but the bigger ones where the significant volume is going through, all of those are add-on, you know, have some add-on on the top of it and and usually three or four that kind of can configure it into something that's very vertical specific we see that don't we internally uh, yes. as a partner yeah. you know there's it's rare we sell i can't even think where we've ever sold a vanilla <laughs> version of business central out the box is going to do everything there's always a combination of different things and the isvs obviously bring a big 
thing to the party here because you've got like regional localizations that they're going to know. I mean, Microsoft, this is a global product, right? So there's an element of localization they do, but there's always something unique about certain regions that mm. the NISV would bring. They've got industry knowledge because they've worked with that and they've got a very in-depth knowledge. Um, so it's difficult for Microsoft to have something that fits all because it, it's never you're never going to find a customer. The product... One so of the so concentrate of on the base, concentrate yeah. on that core and let the industries go after, you know, the, the, the ISVs go after the industries. I think that's what's good. What's not so good is, you know, AppSource's ability. If, if I was... If I was a prospect and I was looking at Microsoft and I wanted a distribution vertical or, uh, you know, a... a um, thing retail vertical you know how would I find LS I probably got a much better chance of finding the LS retail website directly via Google than because AppSource just points you to a number of different apps and doesn't really say which in you know I, I don't get and the whole kind of service offers and so on for me have we ever had a lead from a service offer uh, not yet, although we've not really put a huge amount of time. We, we, I'll let you know in about a few months because we've made we've made some amendments and changes on that. But you're right. I think uh, you go to AppSource and it, it's almost like it's unfair to say it's one big pot and everything's thrown in. You can you can list out you know segment it, but segment it a little bit. You know you go to Business Central. Can you filter by country. Yet? You can yes, you can filter by country because it'll say what countries were available. We have to list that, but that's. That's difficult but as well. You, uh, from, I know we list it when we submit the apps, but yeah. can yeah. you can you yeah. filter it on the front end? Uh, well, when we've tried to find certain things regionally, it's not been accurate. Even if I say no. find, find a partner that's very close to the Midlands, um, we don't always pop up, which is crazy on some of Microsoft systems. So they, they're not great but on even that. Country, I think it's. But I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't played that source for a while. I, I haven't done it recently, so I, but I, like I will. four or five months ago, I tried one and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't doing it. Yeah, them. there's not much. They don't seem to publish anything for for us as a partner, a marketing guide to say, right, if you, you know, the, here's our recommendation on how you list your product. These are the type of things to do to to get yourself up in these two areas. I don't think you can have like substitute words where if somebody said, you know, uh, yeah. a particular phrase, you can change it with maybe what we refer it to. So there's there's some work to be done there because we are seeing more and more people find stuff on AppSource. Definitely, end users are driving that discussion now with their partners um, but the experience isn't great and they might I don't know about the quality of the apps in all, all the apps in there as well I think Microsoft might need to do something about the entry point that which brings us on to the whole you know actually that the, the, the quality as the apps in there get more and more sophisticated because we're now what almost you know how many years since V2 apps came out and, <laughs> and VS Code and that kind of whole piece um when was that? Probably, you know, you get in seven years. Must be something like that. I mean, it's three something years. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, Pandemic um, time was way before that. You know, the, the, this, this, this whole new generation of apps that have been there, that kind of so-called universal code kind of initiative, um, some of those apps are getting pretty sophisticated is, is the word that comes to mind. And that makes testing them a nightmare under the current testing regime. Yes, you can build unit tests, um, but your whole kind of scenario testing and, you know, it's a lot of dev effort to maintain your test base on there. Mm. Um, And and then you get um, scenarios where you have two or three apps 
from multiple yeah. ISVs. How do you, do you build yeah, a test that goes across that? And yeah. well, you can, I guess. Um, but you know, you have to get the test libraries from those ISVs unless you start from absolute scratch. It's hugely expensive mm. and it's hugely complicated. Um, and you know, I, I think that's one area where, again, I would hope Microsoft as the kind of central leader could could come to the party with something way better. I mean, to be fair, the one thing they have done with AppSource, it's, it's been on our dream list or our wish list for a long time now, was monetization. And that's starting to appear in trials. I know it's not, yes. the end users won't see it just yet on, on everything, but that will come. And I think that's going to be good for end users that they can just make a transaction with Microsoft being the, you know, the controlling party here rather than having to basically find the app on AppSource, that redirects you to the ISV's website. Then you have to have a, 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 a you know, commercial discussion around how that's going to be charged. And, and, a, and a whole complete plethora of different ways of paying for it. Oh, it yeah. depends it, on the part. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had someone the other day who contacted us and we, we transact in North America in US dollars. This is a Canadian partner. Can't we do it in Canadian dollars? We're not keen on that because it's just another problem for us. If, you know, Microsoft with their their global platform makes it sense to you know for them to do the transaction yes they take a small bit of the margin but we'd happily give Actually, that a very up. small bit yeah they've been very generous on that and i think it's uh, it'd be good but so to be fair to them they do listen to what partners are saying i know we all want everything immediately but that's one thing that i think in the next 12 months will be will be rolled out to all the apps that are there i don't you know i understand it that from the business central team they had to wait for a lot of things to to get in place with the rest of microsoft um, so it's been a it's been a long slow road, but yeah, it's been a four five well ever since AppSource arrived. Really, yeah. we've been asking for monetization, and it, it has arrived. And they are talking about you know um, other options other than per user coming yes. later. So you know when they come, I think then um, it will become the default method, and no no doubts on that. Because at the moment, the monetization means that you can only pay per user that you've got on your license doesn't it? On, the, on the trial they're running at the moment if you've got 10 BC um, users then you, you have to match that with your ISV app and which isn't always relevant it's not, it's not always relevant and yeah. um, so but they have they've always said all the way through we'll start here and we've got plans for the other yeah. other licensing model so um, yeah it's, it's, and you mentioned the L word licensing yeah <laughs> um, so I think from our point of view uh, from the sales and team the, the one thing Microsoft has done for, for many years now is they, they really simplified the licensing. So I haven't got a huge amount of wish, wish lists or anything which I think would make a fundamental change. I think they've really done a good job on that. Um, that, that it's very easy for end users to work out that they either need an essentials user or a premium user. Okay, we've got teams, we've got devices, but you know they're quite easy for big customers. Devices is not a problem. Teams can be a bit more problematic. Teams, yeah, well, teams are almost selling a dream that, that <laughs> you can get something really, really cheap. And then when you look at it, you've obviously only connected these three can't. tables and it doesn't really do it. So it's a little bit of a frustration, I think, probably for end users. That they think, oh, we, we could probably squeeze in there without understanding what those limitations actually mean so in terms of the <clears throat> to read only plus yeah it's it's not a and it you know that isn't that going to get squeezed because this new thing where you can see your data in teams without a license yeah possibly, possibly. so you know the teams license the ones i hear the most complex are the people who like we mentioned it earlier the ones who do professional services so they need to input a timesheet or something like that and and a few other bits of functionality um, you know maybe put on a purchase requisition which is a feature that we'd like in the core application please because it's not just professional services who do requisitions um, uh, and and seems a more common ask Um, but you know that, that team's licensing 
with the with the custom tables that are they're allowed to do and the three standard tables um, rapidly runs out of speed and almost very few seem to fit within that yeah I know it's a it's a Dynamics 365 kind of model that they've got across multiple applications so again it's not the business centrals teams yeah and it'd be interesting because obviously they've now just released the teams premium license which is not you know you've got to pay a bit more for and I wonder how off, how long it'll be before you need perhaps a, an M365 certain version if you want that team's interaction with your Dynamics products. You know, Microsoft haven't done that before, but their licensing... It was an announcement by Satya, wasn't it, that made, they all kind of had to comply with... Which makes which makes complete sense, but they've got so many products with so many different variations, it's hard to find a licensing model. Uh, I think the one thing that we would I, I would like when we speak to customers in, in sales, there's two two areas... One, customers like predictability of, of, of price, and especially on subscription, you know, that, hor- that horrible feeling, I'm going to buy something and in 12, 24 months, the price is going to increase dramatically and I've got no visibility of that. Just so, when I'm dependent on it. Just when I'm dependent on it. Well, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. So I think a lot of customers we, we speak to would like to be able to, to lock in for longer, um, which Microsoft have done something. You know, you, you typically sign up for a 12-month term. I would say 90% of our customers do. You still can do 30 days, but there's a premium price, which, again, customers seem fairly comfortable for. They understand if you only want to sign up, but why can't I sign up for longer and then have a better price is, is one of the questions we have. Um, because even if you sign up for a three-year, there's no price incentive. It just locks your price. But for the three-year, there is an awful risk put on the partners. So I think that's something which Microsoft are fully aware of, so I won't go through all that again now but if we could do something where there is some form where it's not the, the pain and the risk isn't all on the partner I think that would be uh, would be sensible I mean particularly for those of customers outside America because they seem to be aligning the currencies with the US dollar every six months every or six months is the so latest thing that they're doing potentially have a price change every yeah, six months yeah, mm-hmm. yeah completely so uh, it, that, that length of time and we know there are the Cloud products out there, um, ERP cloud products will lock for five years. Which you know, when we're in a, a, a compete situation, that's one that does come back. Why can't I do that? Um, and the other thing we we would love is for those customers that have invested in Dynamics over the years, still on perpetual licenses, they they do want to move to cloud, but there's not really a compelling transition model because they paid an awful lot in terms of maintenance and so on and so forth. Um, Microsoft really could do with with coming up with an upgrade or transition policy, whatever they want. The that, bridge to cloud two didn't really float. Did yeah, it? it didn't. So, um, so what's the options now? What's then? the option? So if, if I could do that, I think bridge to cloud was it was a great idea where you take your EP and you split it over uh, 12 months. E- so EP, EP being, being your maintenance that you pay every year yeah, on your perpetual yeah. license. Um, <clears throat> and if that was that was split over 12 months, which is great, and um, you you ended up on a cloud-based um, model. So you pay no more than your... You weren't paying any more than your, your yeah. enhancement. So it got you a uh, cloud... Was that guaranteed for... That was that was guaranteed, yeah. For, for you, it was for, Originally, the first one was for 12 months, but you could renew for two and three years afterwards as well. You could renew each annual. Now it's a three-year deal, and the only problem with that is that it locks the customer in, which isn't, isn't a problem, but should the customer ever go bump... Mr. Partner has to pay the remaining two or three years or however long is left on that term. That's, that's a big... This whole thing about partners, in effect, credit insuring customers. It's, it's like we're confused, aren't we? Because are we insurers or are we uh, partners? And, it, you know, and actually going off and should we go off to the insurance market and get third-party insurance and bundle that on the top of it? But that would just make us uncompetitive. Yeah. And the other thing with Bridge to Cloud, which 
Microsoft last year announced that the um, the enhancement plan, the maintenance, whatever you want to call it, had increased for the first time that I can remember from 16% of your license value to 17%. Uh, from October this year, it's going to go to 18%. So they are increasing that. And I, I understand that they're leveraging people to move from perpetual onto cloud. But bridge to cloud, every year we have to say, okay, what's your enhancement value? And we'll then divide it by 12. So they're going to have an increase in years two and three, if Microsoft continue to increase the the enhancement plan of, of by an extra percentage, got to be point. a little bit careful that customers just don't go right. I'm um, forget forget my payment enhancement it. plan. I'll just bank it all. And the other problem is whenever you go into that type of thing, it, it, there's a if, if there's not a compelling commercial offering to move to the same you know to Business Central in the cloud, they'll go well. If we've got to re-implement and we've got to re-license everything, mm-hmm. I'll go and look at what else is out there. Why wouldn't I? I'm I've, you know I've invested in this product, so I think that's a risk and that's that's a conversation we've had with some of our customers. You know they have gone back out to market to see what's out there before making a decision. So that's one thing that we in the sales team would really like to have and the customer engagement team to have that ability to talk to customers go to cloud they really want to do it we show them the benefits of being on the product they listen to the podcast and then they say well how can i get there it's quite you know and they've they've put a lot of money into yeah over the years absolutely so now marcus did have a good transition central should win because their knowledge base of how it works is it has tremendous value they're predisposed to it but unless there's a commercial offer that makes sense to them, they won't do it. Yeah, no, they feel very, they feel like yeah. they've got them over a barrel and then yeah. you're going to sting me for paying for it twice. So, you know, Microsoft do have a transition skew at the moment, but that expires June. I'm hoping they're about to announce something as they come up to year end. So that would be, that would be great. So that's on my wish list. So from a kind of platform technical perspective then, just coming away from kind of the commercial licensing bit, um, yeah, there are a number of, I think, Microsoft had done an amazing job of kind of making it a cloud-first application. Um, you really can't, there's very few areas now where you can kind of say, this doesn't look like, you know, there's any compromise on something that was built for the cloud from the start. At least from my perspective, I can't really tell um, compared to some others. Um, there's one which is, you know, dev- affects the kind of development community, which is this whole thing around... Um, objects, object names, object suffixes, prefixes, all the rest. Which goes back, <coughs> which goes back many, many years. Version, yes, it does. Back to the earliest days of NAV and, you know, the 50,000 to 100,000 object range and all this um, rubbish, which they've taken all the kind of, you don't have to buy objects in the cloud now. Um, you know, another reason for going to cloud because you get them whereas you still have to buy them on-prem that was a lot of money for some customers well those tables added up um, and you know added up the annual EP annual maintenance as well which which constantly adds to it we had customers that wanted to do some of their own development and it would cost them about I think it was about £22,000 for the license by the whole development license so that's that's all that's all gone but you've still got this thing where you know Preventing clashes between ISVs and between customers. Um, if you develop in the PTE range, potentially you can't move it very far because everybody's fifty thousand one hundred. That's the default position. You've got you know potentially adding the same names if they don't know the rules to the sales line or the item table or whichever. So you know the, the, there's a concept called namespaces, which is how everything else works. Um, sooner or later, Microsoft um, in the last kind of 12 months killed the kind of FLF license file 
situation for on-prem, obviously that didn't apply on, on SaaS. Um, you know, if they could introduce something that, that meant that we didn't have to worry about which object ranges um, we were using and all the rest of it, that's just a historical anomaly for me um, that we should kill. Sounds like a big one. Um, I'm not. I, I, I mean, I don't know because it's it's kind of the platform side that would need mm-hmm. to manage it. Um, I think the transition probably might be a bit painful, but we're going to have to do it sooner or later. So we might as well get it over with um, sooner. I do feel for Michael on that because there's been times they've made quite radical announcements that we're stopping this or we're moving to that and you get half the partner channel and go that's fantastic they're the proactive ones probably going to cloud on that journey you've got the few that have got a big legacy base and they're going up up, you know arms you know, uproar about what they're trying to change because it's going to impact yeah, them so. those legacy bases you know if you look at those legacy bases now they're basically 14 and before are they I mean most of the people who you know once you get BC 14 for me is the is the watershed version so all of that historic stuff is is pre that. Mm. Anything 15 and above, well then 15, 16, 17, you know, users on that now, they probably haven't ever up to 18, you know, and even 20, 22, you know, and, and they're going to look at the analyze for reporting capability, they're going to say, I want that. So if you're on extensions already, yeah. you're probably going to do the work it's not actually hard. not that much and not that massive. Mm. Um, and and you know, if you do a little bit each release, um, even if you're on premise, for me, you should be thinking about doing an upgrade each year so that you don't get five years behind and then it becomes a massive jump. Um, and the, you know, things like the web client work so much better in 22, 20, you know, uh, 21, even 20. Um, the performance of it is so snappy compared to those early versions. You shouldn't be sitting putting up with that. So, and you're out of support after eighteen months anyway. So yes. <coughs> so you, you know, be, I think should be if if you if that that for me makes a lot of sense that they're up there. So yes, though you know if they moved to, and I don't think I think it ought to be relatively simple for them to transition from an object. Uh, the object ID model to a namespaces model relatively easy, I'm hoping. Um, so we'll see what comes on that. Um, I think the other major ask that I had on my list um, is you know, the mobile app. How many customers? Matt, you, you have a lot of customer interaction. How many customers do you know actually use it? A few using the tablet app. Um, very few, unfortunately, using the the phone app. It, it's 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 a great sales kind of tool because you know I think there's a, a lot of potential there. But I think when you come down to you, especially on the the phone app, I, I think it's yeah, there's this, this room for improvement. It, it it's it hasn't changed an awful lot over the years, has it? Um, I, I, well, I think it, you know for me, it had a fundamental flaw that. Um, this whole thing of like trying to move your role center, you know, the fact that you you, you can't have a mobile role center, that, that, that you use a phone exactly the same way you use the full client. Um, you know, most customers on a full client are on a, you know, almost 4K is default and certainly HD is the minimum. Yeah. Um, and, and trying to kind of re... Uh, 
process that and present it um, onto a phone screen. There's just too much scrolling, too many kind of, too much extraneous. You want a real cut down, focused role center, I think, for the phone. And, and you should be able to define, for each user, you should be able to define. Per device type. Per client type, yeah. what role center they go to. Um, then we could do some cut down pages that really focused on a few things that people want to do on their phone. It's strange because we were all out at a conference a couple of weeks ago and we, I think Liz needed to do something and she was saying, oh, have you got your laptop so I can log on to BC? And everything else I do in in my personal life, you know, you think oh, I've got an app on my phone for that and I'll do it, I'll book tickets, whatever I need to do, do it on my, not once did we think, and it was only when we got back and you said, well, why don't you just do it on your phone? So you're right, I think the, the mobile clients, um, it hasn't really ingrained itself into our day-to-day usage, probably because we're not out of the office that much. But And that was a really good example. And you said, why didn't you just use the mobile app? And well, I was using the webcam in my car the other day. I did see you. Uh, you yeah. sent me a picture of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was while on you the full screen on your Tesla, <laughs> yes. <laughs> while he was parked up. Let's just <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think, you know, was, in that case, some of the stuff is moving outside of Business Central. So things like approvals, you know, as we migrate from inbuilt BC approvals to Power Automate based approvals then yeah, the Power Automate client works very well on the phone um, so I can I can do those approvals but it's it's a shame that I can't go and look at a customer balance or you can do check yeah, inventory just, just, and so on yes. okay. but yeah it's not a great you know it I'm sure Microsoft can see from the telemetry how many people are using it. And, yeah, the proof is whether people do it twice. Telemetry is different because they might be looking at the telemetry and going, well, no one's using this while we continue investing. We need to do something to get them using this while making a change. That's partly what my contention is, Liam, that nobody's using it because it's not a good experience, which... So they shouldn't give up on it, is what I'm saying. Because I don't think uh, it should be great ideas. There, the way you know, when you go in the tablet mode, the, you know, it's assumed yeah. that your, your your thumbs are on the kind of left and the right, and therefore mm. most of the buttons and, and links are on that side. Whereas on the phone, it's then at the bottom. So, and it just does that dynamically. Some, some great technologies to deliver that. I think it's just ready for an update. Really, yeah. I suppose my frustration is that I think it's ninety five percent there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's not far off being perfect but are people gonna you know at the moment you'd have to have a user and you'd have to have two different licenses and that would screw up your mm-hmm. modern workplace connections and all the rest of it if you were logged in something I think, different I think a, a role per client that, that's a nice idea I think I think that's that that would solve a lot of it and you could you know provide a very cut down interface and then um, build it up from there rather than assuming that you could re-represent the, the standard I suppose way. as well, in the, in the majority of cases, most people that are using an ERP in a traditional sense are going to be desk-based or there. And there are some ISVs that then have, as we said about earlier, well, have device licence. You have a specific device if you're on a till or a yeah, yeah. production floor. Or but maybe the additional functionality for a role where someone needs to interact with BC, you know, maybe from, a, from a being out on site and you log in a report or what, log in a, a timesheet or whatever. Um, there are... It's it's solutions it, isn't it a 24-7 world these days and you know if you get an email in the middle of the evening don't you just want to go and check and yeah you want to click and if that there's a URL that takes you there yeah you're yeah, right to, to actually go and find your laptop and fire that up is, is a 
Yeah, I don't disagree with you. We need to we need to get because you were talking about teams. You know, I if my if it pings on teams and there was something there with a link to BC, right? You click on that and then what happens then? And if it's a crap experience, then you probably wouldn't do it again, would you? You you, you wait till the next day or whatever, which isn't great from an efficiency point of view. So, hmm. so that's I think there's yeah that that's probably my other major ask. Huh. We haven't asked for much, have we? As usual. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a wrap. <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, it's, it's always exciting to see what they've got. Uh, they're about to announce and, and what's coming down the line. I think it's the, the evolution. We've seen less big announcements, but lots and lots of little ones. And we were, re- yeah. we, you know, we were impressed with mm-hmm. what came in twenty three um, wave one. You, you, I know you're out to a. Um, Directions North, North America, America where Sunday, yeah. you know, we'll be and then Asia see. following it. So yeah, so I'm sure there'll be someone's two, something to be two chances to see the announcements. Yeah. I would expect that I'll announce a few things at, at North America and then a few things at Asia. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll see, listen yeah. to the podcast and they'll be mending their presentations <laughs> for next week <laughs> as we speak. So, uh, but there, maybe um, uh, look, we're all in the same space. We're all working with the same objective. Yeah. Um, so it would be uh, surprising if they haven't heard um, some of the requests we put on, we put out there from other people. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, the progression of the product continues to, to really move at a pace. So they, they do do a good job. But we're, no one's ever satisfied in life, are they? So we always want more. But uh, it's a great project. And it's great to see that it continues to evolve and, and grow um, every every few months. So it's good. yeah. And you know, I saw a tweet um, yesterday. I was looking through and something popped up. And uh, you know the, the documentation for actually the Wave One release is still getting added to, so there's bits and pieces that they're realising. Oh, we we did that. We haven't documented, so that that list is still going out there. So we don't have to wait all the way till um, till August to see the next list of enhancements before uh, we get a few uh, Easter eggs, I guess, in uh, in the current documentation. Very topical, very topical. Okay, so, well, James, Matt, thanks, as always, for for coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts. Always uh, an interesting topic, so um, appreciate that. And uh, thank you for for watching or listening to the podcast. If you've got anything you like on the wish list, please stick it in the comments. It's always interesting to see what people say. And that that would be good to see what end users or other people that listen to might say that would be great to be added to uh, to the product as well. Okay, well, I think that's it. And we'll see you soon on another edition of Techman Talks Dynamics.